Hey everyone, I'm Alexa Golden. And I'm Haley Piper. And, and together, together we, we are the Gossip, Gossip and Gratitude Podcast. Podcast. Tune in each week to get a taste of what life's really like in your 20s. We'll be bringing you all the relatable gossip from getting dumped to landing that first job after college. So sit back, grab some wine, and let's spill some tea. Hey everybody. How's it going? We're back. We're back for and another spooky episode. Just so you know, there's not just two of us in the room tonight. Oh yeah. It's Lex Hales and Chopin. I'll add a spooky story because boy... He's looking spooky, but fine. <laughs> we love Chopin. He's always in in everything. Like I just feel like he's part of your house. He really is. He just adds. He adds that Polish yeah. touch that we need. Yeah. Who would have thought he'd be Polish? I eh? know. I didn't know it. No, Gerald's good for one thing, I guess. Yeah. Anyways, so we this is like the spookiest of spooky episodes. Something a bit different, but we thought, what a fun vibe. Yeah, well, you guys like our conspiracy theory episodes, and this is kind of a similar-ish vibe. Yeah. But today we're going to talk about some urban legends. Yeah. Some spooky stories. Spooky scare. Kira singing that song. I love that song. Sean gets really mad. Are you kidding me? Have you heard, like, the dubstep version? Oh, yeah, I've heard the dubstep version. Yeah, it's all over TikTok. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, But yeah, we're sitting in the dark right now. We have some creepy red ambiance lights <laughs> yeah. and a salt lamp a, so a spookily lit salt lamp lit chopin yeah looking we'll, at us, we'll so take yeah. a picture and share it on instagram yeah. for y'all but so yeah if anybody doesn't really know what urban legends are because like i wasn't really sure before this it's kind of like spooky stories you tell by the fire or like at a slumber party kind of just like yeah i think they're just tales meant to spook yeah especially spook, yeah. when you're younger i feel like a yeah. lot of the ones that i was like researching for this episode were like i remembered them as yeah. kids like i remembered people them. telling them at a sleepover or something yeah. or like whatever and then so. marshall I'll give you a shout out gave me his scary stories book to read some to you guys so buckle up you should probably be listening to this in a dark room i don't really know like yeah make sure it's like nighttime yeah on the creepy light or drive in your car alone Alone on a dark dark. scary road yeah do something (laughs) spooky yeah i like it anyways to start us off lux what are you grateful for um so it's wednesday night at the time of recording everybody Mm -hmm. and wednesday nights are sean's bowling nights (laughs) and i'm grateful that he's on this bowling team because a puts him in a good mood he gets really excited when he gets home from bowling he's always hyped up and really? tells me all about his game and his score and all this stuff it's good. good to see him happy yeah once in a blue moon yeah and b <laughs> gives me some extra alone time and i'm i like being with him like i don't get me wrong yeah. i'm alone during the day yeah but it's kind of a different vibe being alone in the evening kind of like a nice you time get to watch a show alone maybe you get like yeah i love that i love like having my alone show sometimes yeah. which is nice you know yeah so no that's good Okay, this is mine, and I thought about this on the way here because I was like, you know what? I don't get to do this much anymore. But basically, I'm grateful for singing in the car because I don't really, like, drive all that much anymore. So then I was just belting out, you know, this song, Torn, where it's like, I can see the perfect sky is torn. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It was just, like, on, and I was like, oh, my God, yeah, I need to sing to this. (laughs) And, like, I was just, like, belting it. And then Cher, do you believe in love after love, came on after that. And I was like, this feels right like <laughs> i haven't done this in a long time so it wow. was just really nice but yeah anyways that was all um up up in light light and fun but now we're gonna get dark yeah so let's cue the spooky music <laughs> that's just the theme for all of this whole month yeah. is twilight zone i guess <laughs> Oh my god, Tower of Terror. I know. We should watch Twilight Zone. 
Yeah, I'd be down. I love that movie. Also, like, can I just toss this in there? Because this made me think of it. Okay, I was, like, walking by Kira's room today, and I thought she was doing homework so I could hear a video. And then I was like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm just watching a Twilight or a Tara Tara video. Like, I should have known. Just (laughs) like, okay, sorry. That reminded me of it. That's classic. No, I used to watch, like, old episodes of, of, uh... Yeah. What is it called? Oh, yeah, The Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone. When I was a kid, and I'd get spooked. Like, the black and white ones? Yeah. So good. Oh, I agree. All right. Okay. So let's get into it. Okay, you start. Okay. I'm going to read it to you like a story. First one, Lex. It's called The Babysitter. Oh, my God. Ah! <laughs> That's scary. Okay. It was nine o'clock in the evening. Everybody was sitting on the couch in front of the TV. There was Richard, Brian, Jenny, and Doreen, the babysitter. The telephone rang. Maybe it's your mother, said Doreen. She picked up the phone. Before she could say a word... A man laughed hysterically and hung up. Who was it? Asked Richard. Some nut, said Doreen. What did I miss? At 9.30, the telephone rang again. Doreen answered it. It was the man who called before. I'll be there soon. He said, and he laughed and hung up. Who was it? The children asked. Some crazy person, she said. About 10 o'clock, the telephone rang again. Jenny got to it first. Hello, she said. It was the same man. One more hour, he said, and he laughed and hung up the phone. He said, one more hour? What did he mean? asked Jenny. Don't worry, said Doreen. It's somebody fooling around. I'm scared, said Jenny. About 10.30, the telephone rang once more. When Doreen picked it up, the man said, pretty soon now, and he laughed. Why are you doing this? Doreen screamed, and she hung up. Was it that guy again? asked Brian. Yes, said Doreen. I'm going to call the operator and complain. The operator told her to call back if it happened again, and she would try to trace the call. At 11 o'clock, the telephone rang again. Doreen answered it. Very soon now, the man said, and he laughed and hung up. Doreen called the operator. Almost at once, she called back. The person is calling from a telephone upstairs, she said. You better leave. I'll get the police. Just then, a door upstairs opened. A man they had never seen before started down the stairs toward them. As they ran from the house, he was smiling in a very strange way. A few minutes later, the police found him. That's how it ends. <laughs> Whoa. That reminds me of, like, the... What's that? The, the babysitter. It's like, I think there's that scary movie where it's like, he's in the house. Yeah, I remember hearing something about that. Ugh, I know. I'm like, that one, I was reading that and it gave me the heebie-jeebies because I was just like... That's like, there's nothing more horrific, I feel like, than when you're babysitting. Yeah. And it gets late and, like... I always You're young, get spooked. I right? always get spooked, man. Like, Ooh. I did not like it. Right? I thought I liked that one. <laughs> I feel like a lot of these get turned into like movies. Oh yeah, because Marshall was telling me that there's like a movie on on Amazon, or it's on Prime, Prime, and it's like about all of these. And I was like, I need to watch. Whoa. Let's find it and we'll watch it. Okay. Okay, that was just the all right. Start. Well, mine, I didn't. I don't have a book, so I just had to like do my own research. So I don't. Oh, have that's okay. The, you know. The yeah. good storytelling vibes that Hales is going <laughs> No, it's okay. I knew we were going to have different... Uh... Um, okay, well, there's this one called... I don't know how to exactly pronounce it because it's Spanish, but her name is La Llorona. Oh, I think I've heard... I've, I've not, heard. I've not like, heard this, but I've heard it's, of something like it's that. Ca- it, it means the weeping woman. Like, it Ooh. translates. I know. Okay, continue. So, basically, there's actually a bunch of horror movies made out of this one, too. So, anyways, and there's okay. some different versions out there. So, like, take this with a grain of salt. Okay. So, there was once a woman named Maria, and she lived in a small village in Mexico, and she was poor. She was from a poor family. (laughs) 
And How at, horrific. <laughs> the end. <laughs> no. <laughs> so she ends up meeting this rich man, and they fall in love, and they get married. Uh-huh. And the rich man, he promises to take care of her forever and give her the life she's always dreamed about because she's always been poor and he's wealthy. Yeah. So they start a family together. They have children together and they're happily married. But after a while, the man starts to get bored with their marriage. He's like, oh, you know, been there, done that. <laughs> and so he starts to pay less and less attention to Maria. And he starts to have different affairs on the side. And he's only really gives attention to the children, but he kind of just always like brushes her off. And he's very like dismissive. And finally, she ends up finding out that he's been cheating on her this whole time and having all these affairs and they have a a, a huge fight and he decides to leave her and she goes off the deep end at this point and she basically is so upset that she ends up going to the river with her kids and in a fit of rage and hysteria. hysteria she drowns her children in the local river. Oh my god. And as soon as she's done it, she realizes what she's done. She starts to regret it immediately. So she starts searching through the river for her children, but of course they've already been killed and they've been swept away by the the water. Oh my god. So she ends up drowning herself, kind of like a suicide. Oh god. And after she dies, the legend is that she went, goes up to heaven Uh and God said you're not allowed into heaven you killed your children yeah but he said but i'll make a deal with you i'm gonna send you to purgatory and you can find your children in purgatory and if you can find your children i'll let all of you into heaven together so she spends the rest of her days wandering through purgatory looking for her children in various bodies of water and you apparently you can hear her weeping because she can't find them and I guess this was a legend that in a lot of places in like Central America and like Latin America, yeah, uh, a lot of people would tell their children this scary story as a way to kind of scare them because they'd say that La Llorona, or was that how it is? Yeah, La Llorona, yeah. she would always, she would steal children as an attempt to try and oh, find her own God. children. And so if you misbehave, they'd say she'd come and get you. And then that would be, like, their way to keep them away from, like, the river and, and don't doing bad go stuff. off at night. Oh, my yeah. God, that's so scary. I would be horrified if I was, like, a kid and my I mom know. was like, she's going to steal you. And you'll <laughs> never get back here again. That's a good one. I like that. That's so spooky, Lex. Ooh. Also, like, like, as if the man is just, like, cheating and, and then it just obviously the outcome is this horrific rage right <laughs> like ugh. why does she have to be punished for his wrongdoings i know my next story for you guys is called the curse <laughs> okay my dad's friend charlie potter was a small nervous man who was always looking around <laughs> the, the way these are written too makes me giggle a little bit i was like oh he was eh? <laughs> as if he was in some kind of danger after he told me this story about his college fraternity I understood why. The frat doesn't exist anymore, he said. It was banned years ago. We had just nine members at that point and were taking in two more. One night in January, just about this time of year, the nine of us took them out in the country for their initiation. We took them to an old deserted house where two young men about our age had been murdered recently. Whoa. (laughs) Their murder was still at large. So I think that means around. We just, we gave Jack a lighted candle and told him to go up to the third floor, stay there for an hour. 
We told him then come back down. Don't speak. Don't make any noise. If your candle goes out, carry on in the dark. Which is fucked. (laughs) (laughs) From where we were standing, we could see the light from Jack's candle moving up the stairs to the second floor, then to the third. But when he got to the third floor, his candle went out. We guessed that he had come to a drafty corner and the wind blew it out. But when the hour went by and he didn't come down, we weren't so sure. We waited another 15 minutes and got more and more nervous. So we sent Ernie Kramer up next. When Ernie got to the third floor, his candle also went out. We waited 10 minutes, 20 minutes, but there was no sign of either of them. Come on down, we called, but they didn't answer. Finally, we decided to go and get them. Armed with flashlights, (laughs) we started up the stairs. It was as quiet and dark as a grave in that house. When we got to the second floor, we called out again. There was no answer. When we got to the third floor, we walked into a great big open space like an attic. Jack and Ernie weren't there, but we saw footprints in the dust. They led to a room on the other side of the attic. That room was also empty, but there was fresh blood on the floor, and the window was wide open. It was about 25 feet to the ground, but there was no ladder or rope in sight, and they they could have used to get down. We searched the rest of the house and the land around the house and found nothing. We decided that they were playing a trick on us. We figured that in some way they had escaped through the window and were hiding in the woods. The blood on the floor was just to throw us off track. (laughs) We guessed that they'd show up the next day with a lot of stories and a lot of laughs, but they didn't. The next day, we told the dean of men what had happened and he reported it to the police. The police didn't find anything either and after several weeks, the search ended. To this day, no one knows what happened to Jack and Ernie. There isn't much more to tell, he said. We weren't arrested, but the college disbanded the fraternity and suspended the nine of us from school for a year. The strangest part came after we graduated. Someone must have placed a curse on us. Every year since then, around the time of that initiation, one of us has died or gone crazy. Oh my god. I'm the only one left, he said, and I'm pretty good health, but there are times when I could just feel a little peculiar. Ooh! It says, now rush at someone in the audience and scream! (laughs) (laughs) It gives you prompts. It does! (laughs) I love it. Spooky. Okay, guys. Today, I'm going to be talking about... This one isn't really a story, per se, but have you ever heard of the Rat King? Oh, this is... No, I haven't. (laughs) Okay, so, essentially, this is an old... Tale, okay, an old wives' tale of sorts that I think it's really popular in Germany, but there's a few other European countries where it's also popular. Okay, but basically, there's this belief that elderly rats (laughs) are known for their wisdom, and essentially, they would sit on the entangled tails of fellow rats. So, like the rest of the rats in like the pack of rats, yeah, their tails would get all tangled up, and it, they would just be like this mega rat thing. Ew. And then the old one would like sit in the middle and be like, "Ah, uh, yes, yes, like my." <laughs> well, I remember when this used to happen to me, but now I'm old and wise. <laughs> exactly. So basically, it was said that this rat was to be treated as royalty by all the other rats because he was Ooh. the old and the wise. Yeah. So they, that's what the term rat king came from. And I guess that this term was also used for other rodents, such as mice and squirrels, that were kind of caught together in a knot. So it's basically this folktale can apply to all creatures, but I like like rats. So essentially, this whole legend was because they ended up like finding some mummified 
balls of rats where all of their tails would be like entangled <laughs> together and, and one they would, would say be on it was top? because of the rat king oh. and so essentially they thought from back in the day that these rat kings were associated with the plague so oh. if they were to find a rat king then it meant that there was a plague or the black death or something to come upon the people which potentially there was actually some truth to this because yeah. Typically, if there's lots of rats around, it means there's lots of disease Dead. and death, you right? know, Decay. yeah. So actually, if you were in a spot that had lots of rats, there was a better chance that you could get the plague. Could get the plague. Um, hmm. So that's kind of a spooky thing. And it it's also the part that makes it a legend is because some people believe that these rat kings Mm -hmm. don't occur naturally like there's no way that a rat's tail will just get tangled up like that because people would say well can't they just pull apart yeah or if a rat would probably end up like chewing off its own tail to escape because it's just gonna die yeah that's like stuck in this thing so people think that that's why it's a legend and they're not real okay um but that's just a little spooky thing yeah i was gonna say like i've never seen animals get bundled up like that but i feel like that's if if you were to find like skeletons like that you'd be like what the fuck because yeah. like whoever sees that exactly in real life so people so. think maybe they were like man made like that from the rat king did it that's bugs you never know <clears throat> i've been listening to uh arnold schwarzenegger's book and he talked a lot about like how a lot of the urban legends that he was told as a kid like german urban legends and like yeah. really fucked him up i was like probably maybe you heard about the it. rat king probably maybe like these sound horrific to scare kids okay this one is the most horrific one like this gave me the heebie-jeebies why don't you save it for the end i don't know i just feel like it's the right time okay i just want to say it okay it's so fucked and it's gonna give every girl in here the heebie-jeebies okay i'm scared this one's called High Beams. <laughs> Look at the spooky photo. Oh, oh, I think I know this one. Yeah, this is terrifying. I know this. Okay, I'm gonna... I was told this as a child. Oh, it gives me the... Oh, it's fucked. Okay, ready? Yeah. Okay. The girl driving the old blue sedan was a senior at the high school. She lived on a farm about eight miles away and used the car to drive back and forth. She had driven into town that night to see a basketball game. Now she was on her way home. As she pulled away from the school, she noticed a red pickup truck follow her out of the parking lot. A few minutes later, the truck was still behind her. I guess we're going in the same direction, she thought. I do every night when I'm driving home. I'm, like, watching to see if they turn off or if they're following. She began to watch the truck in her mirror. When she changed her speed, the driver of the truck changed his speed. When she passed a car, so did he. Oh, I gotta take the sticker off one sec. Then he turned on his high beams, flooding her car with light. She, he left them on for almost a minute. He was probably wants to pass me, she thought, but she was becoming uneasy. Usually she drove home over a back road. Not too many people went that way. But when she turned onto that road, so did the truck. I've got to get away from him, she thought, and she began to drive faster. Then he turned his high beams on again. After a minute, he turned them off, then turned them on again and off again. She drove even faster, but the truck driver stayed right behind her. Then she turned his, or sorry, then he turned his high beams on again. Once more, her car was ablaze with light. What is he doing, she wondered. What does he want? Then he turned them off again. But a minute later, he had them on again, and he left them on. At last, she pulled into her driveway, and the truck pulled in right behind her. She jumped from the car and ran to the house. Call the police, she screamed at her father. Out in the driveway, she could see the driver of the truck. He had a gun in his hand. When the police arrived, they started to arrest him. And he pointed to the girl's car. 
You don't want me, he said. You want him. Crouched behind the driver's seat, there was a man with a knife. As the driver of the truck explained, the man slipped into the girl's car just before she left the high school. He saw it happen, but there was no way he could stop it. He thought about getting the police. He was afraid to leave her. So he followed her car. Each time the man in the back reached up to overpower her, the driver of the truck turned on his high beams. Then the man dropped down, afraid that someone might see him. Isn't that the heebie-jeebies? Yes, I've heard this one. I know, that one gave me, I was just like, oh, I hate that so much. I always, I think that might be one of the reasons why I was always, like, always check my back seat. I still of, do. Because of, like, stories like that. Yeah. I still do because it still just like freaks it me the fuck spooky. out. I just mm-mm, no, not one bit. I don't like that. Do 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 do. Okay, this is another spooky dooky one. Okay, I like this. It. Is called the liquor. Have you heard this one? No. Maybe you remember it once I start telling okay. you. Okay. So there was a young girl, and she was home alone. And whenever she was home alone, she always would let her dog sleep under her bed. I think I know. Is this, this one. ringing bells? Yeah, this one is horrific. So, whenever she would get scared, she'd feel comfort because her dog would be under her bed. So, in the middle of the night, the girl wakes up and she hears the sound of a creepy dripping coming from the bathroom. <gasps> Lex, is this throwing it back for me because this one scared the shit out of me as a kid. I know. Ugh. So, she was feeling scared, so she put her hand under the bed Ugh. for her dog to lick. So, her dog licks her hand and she immediately feels comforted and goes back to sleep. Mm-mm. She again wakes up. And still hears the creepy dripping. So again, puts her hand under the bed to get comfort from her puppy. The next morning, she wakes up and goes to the bathroom to take her shower. Only to find her dog slaughtered and strung up from the shower rod. His blood dripping onto the floor. And on the wall, someone has scrawled the message in blood. Humans can lick too. Oh, that one always gave me the heebie-jeebies. I know. I hate that one. That one always spooked me too much. <laughs> oh, frig, that's a good one though. I, I've... oh, that's horrifically low. <laughs> oh my god, I feel like as a kid, I never. Um, I that was the only one I feel like because I was too much too too chicken shit to let anybody other tell me other scary stories. Okay, this one is kind of Twilight Zony, so I okay. feel like this one's good. Okay, this one it made me think of like, I hate. I'll say it after, but I feel like the thought of this freaks me out. Okay. So, this one's called Maybe You Will Remember. Mrs. Gibbs and her 16-year-old daughter, Rosemary, arrived in Paris on a hot morning in July. They had been on a vacation and now were returning home, but Mrs. Gibbs did not feel well. So they decided to rest in Paris for a few days before going on. The city was crowded with tourists. Still, they found a place to stay at a good hotel. They had a lovely room overlooking a park. It had yellow walls, a blue carpet, and white furniture. As soon as they unpacked, Mrs. Gibbs went to bed. She looked so pale that Rosemary asked to have the hotel's doctor examine her. Rosemary did not speak French, but fortunately the doctor spoke English. He took one look at Mrs. Gibbs and said, Your mother is too sick to travel. Tomorrow I will move her to a hospital, but she needs a certain medicine. If you go to my home for it, I will, it will save time. The doctor said he did not have a telephone right now. Instead, he would give Rosemary a note for his wife. The hotel manager put Rosemary in a taxi and in French told the driver how to find the doctor's house. It will only take a little while, he told her, and the taxi will bring you back. But as the driver slowly drove up one street and down another, it seemed to take forever. At one point, Rosemary was sure they had gone down the street twice. It, looked, it took almost as long for the doctor's wife to answer the door, then get the medicine ready. 
As Rosemary sat on a bench in the empty waiting room, she kept thinking, why can't you hurry? Please hurry. Then she heard a telephone ring somewhere in the house, but the doctor had told her he didn't have a telephone right now. What was going on? They drove back as slowly as they had come, crawling up one street and down another. Rosemary sat in the back seat filled with dread, her mother's medicine clutched in her hand. Why was everything taking so slow? She was sure the taxi driver was going in the wrong direction. Are you going to the right hotel, she asked. He didn't answer. She asked again, but he still didn't reply. When he stopped for a traffic light, she threw open the door and ran from the cab. She stopped a woman on the street. The woman did not speak English, but she knew someone who did. Rosemary was right. They had been driving in the wrong direction. When she finally got back to the hotel, it was early in the evening. She went up to the desk clerk who had given them their room. I'm Rosemary Gibbs, she said. My mother and I are in room 505. May I please have the key? The clerk looked at her closely. You must be mistaken, he said. There's another guest in that room. Are you sure you're in the right hotel? He turned to help someone else. She waited until he was finished. You gave us the room yourself when we arrived this morning, he said. How could you forget? He stared at her as if she had lost her mind. You must be mistaken, he said. I've never seen you before. Are you sure you're in the right hotel? She asked to see the registration card they had filled out when they arrived. It's June and Rosemary Gibbs, she said. The clerk looked in the file. We have no card for you, he said. You must be in the wrong hotel. The hotel doctor will know me, Rosemary replied. He examined my mother when we arrived. He sent me for medicine as she needs. I want to see him. The doctor came downstairs. Here's the medicine for my mother, Rosemary said, holding it out to him. Your wife gave it to me. I've never seen you before, he said. You must be in the wrong hotel. She asked for the hotel manager who had put her in the taxi. Surely she would remember her. You must be in the wrong hotel, she said. Let me give you a room where you can rest. Then maybe you'll remember where you are and where your mother is staying. I want to see our rumors, Rosemary said, raising her voice. It's room 505. But it was nothing like the room she remembered. It had a double, a double bed, not twin beds. The furniture was black, not white. The carpet was green, not blue. There was someone else's, in, someone else's clothing in the closet. The room she knew had vanished, and so had her mother. This is not the room, she said. Where's my mother? What have you done with her? You're in the wrong hotel, the manager said patiently, as if he were speaking to a young child. Rosemary asked to see the police. My mother, our things, the room, they have all disappeared, she told them. Are you sure in the right hotel, they asked. She went to her embassy for help. Are you sure it is the right hotel, they asked. Rosemary thought she was losing her mind. Why don't you have a rest for a while, they said. Then maybe you'll remember. But Rosemary's problem was not her memory. So it's like weird. I just like feel like that's like so eerie. There's a bit of an explanation. So I just want to say, because it's actually like an old tale, a folklorist tale, basically saying how, yeah, it was to do with the plague as well. So basically saying Mrs. Gibbs had the form of the plague, a dreaded disease that killed quickly and caused frightening epidemics. So I was like, ooh, spooky. Um, so then if word got out that a woman had died of the plague in the heart of Paris, they, there would be panic because everybody's like, oh my God, the plague, epidemic, like fear. Yeah. So then people in the hotel and elsewhere would just rush, would rush to escape. The doctor knew the hotel's owners. And so basically they would just like, yeah, Mrs. Gibbs died soon after. They left her body smuggled out of the hotel to a cemetery where it was buried. Like they so just they wanted just, to like, act like it didn't happen. Yeah, act like it didn't happen. Isn't that horrific? Ew. I know. I don't like that at all. I always, like, yeah, that's, like, a spooky concept that, like, you would, like, know a life and then, like, everyone would be, like, what are you talking about? Exactly. Like, like nobody would listen to you yeah. or, like, like um, I'm trying to think because there's a movie like that where, like... I know. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like, there's something that's, like, a similar story. I feel like there's a Twilight Zone episode on it. Maybe. But it's, yeah, like, when you're... Oh, that scares me where, like, everybody... I get that trip when I'm high. Really? I get that trip so bad where I'm, like, everybody is against me. Like, everybody's in on something that I don't know about and that, like, 
I'm fucked. That's so scary. It's so spooky. Oh I think that's God. why it resonated with me so much. Probably. <laughs> Okay, my next one, I wanted to talk a little bit about Bloody Mary. Oh, that still gives me the heebie The childhood nightmare. <laughs> and then my last one is my favorite urban legend of all time. Oh, okay. Okay, so everyone knows the whole thing where if you go into the bathroom in the dark, the legend has it that when you chant Bloody Mary into the mirror, she'll come appear in the mirror. Now, some of these legends say that she'll reach out of the mirror and scratch your face and release from the afterlife to haunt you. Uh, yeah, that really fucked me up. And then other people say that the mirror will start dripping blood. I heard and that the one. participant's hair will turn white. And that they'll all of a sudden disappear without a trace. Oh my god, that gives me the heebie-jeebies! So there's definitely some different versions of the story. And, um, do you know, like, Sigmund Freud? Yeah. He interpreted the legend as a initiation ritual into womanhood because it was mostly young girls that would be doing this together like in a bathroom or at a sleepover that was kind of like when they would be around the time of puberty yeah so he thought that this was like a ritual that would initiate you to become a woman becoming a woman oh my god and no one really knows exactly where bloody mary originated from or who she is yeah there's a few different theories some people say that she is a woman named mary tudor Mm. which is Mary the first of England oh, okay. um, who put a lot of Protestants to death mm. back in the day and her nickname was Bloody Mary because of that yeah other people think it was a woman named Elizabeth Bethorny or who was also known as the Queen of Blood mm. because she was convicted for murdering hundreds of young girls so that she could bathe in their blood no I need to google this bitch and other people said that it was a woman named Mary Worth who was a witch that was executed in Salem during the oh. Salem witch trials so regardless of where the story came from, it is definitely a very spooky story that I think a lot of people yeah. know and love, and I feel like it's going to be around for a very long time. It really, like, fucked me up for a long time, and, like, I would get anxiety going into the bathroom at nighttime, like, if I had to pee, and I would also be worried that, like, even if I thought it in my mind, you know, when you're, like, you have a thought and you're, like, don't think that thought, I would think I'd be on the toilet being, like, Bloody Mary in my head and I'd be like oh, stop Haley stop <laughs> it was so fucked legs oh my god it oh my really god. like I had that issue until I was like 18 I want to say like oh I was god. so scared legs <laughs> like I would just like I would go to the bathroom at night and I would not look in the mirror I'd be like nope 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 I'm not kidding just you it fucked me up <laughs> oh my god I didn't realize how urban legends fucked me up okay this one's kind of like I think it's kind of lighthearted because this this gives me optimism for ghosts and ghouls and goblins that they're not all mean. Okay. okay. So this one's called Bus Stop. <laughs> okay. Ed Cox was driving home from work in a rainstorm. While he waited for a traffic light to change, he saw a young woman standing alone at a bus stop. She had no umbrella and was soaking wet. Are you going toward Farmington? He called. Yes, I am, she said. Would you like a ride home? <laughs> I would, she said, and she got in. My name is Joanna Finney. Thank you for rescuing me. I'm Ed Cox, he said, and you're welcome. On the way, they talked and talked. She told him about her family and her job and where she had gone to school, and he told her about himself. By the time they got to her house, the rain had stopped. I'm glad it rained, Ed said. Would you like to go out tomorrow after work? I'd love to, Joanna said. She asked him to meet her at the bus stop since it was near her office. They had such a good time. They went out many times after that always they would meet at the bus stop and off they would go 
Ed liked her more and more each time he saw her. But one night, they had a date to go out. Joanna did not appear. Ed waited at the bus stop for almost an hour. Maybe something is wrong, he thought, and he drove to her house in Farmington. An older woman came to the door. I'm Ed Cox, he said. Maybe Joanna told you about me? I had a date with her tonight. We were supposed to meet at the bus stop near her office, but she didn't show up. Is she all right? The woman looked at him as if she had had said something strange. I'm Joanna's mother, she said slowly. Joanna isn't here now, but you, you, but why don't you come in? Ed pointed to a picture on the mantel. That looks just like her, he said. It did once, her mother replied, but the picture was taken when she was your age, about 20 years ago. A few days later, she was waiting in the rain at the bus stop. A car hit her and she was killed. Dun, dun, dun. Whoa, I think that's so eerie. That reminds me of um, that movie Safe Haven. Do you oh, remember? I've never With seen it. With Julianne Hough and... Uh, Is it like a rom-com? It's a Nicholas Sparks movie. Oh, does something happen? Does she wait at the bus stop? No. But so she dies. No. And he's dating her dead body. <laughs> no, I don't want to ruin the movie okay, for anybody, okay, okay, but okay, okay. something kind of similar. I thought that. that was eerie. I enjoyed it. All right, is that your last one? That was my last one. Okay, yes. guys, we're going to finish off with a bang. This is my favorite <laughs> urban legend, but it really fucked me up as a kid. But like now looking back, I like enjoy. Okay. And it was kind of fucked up because they literally read us this in school and made us watch like a spooky movie kind of thing about oh, it. Oh, God. What is it? It's called Taily Poe. Oh, fuck. You always said about this, and I never even heard of it. Okay, everybody. Daily Poe. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there was an old man who lived in a log cabin in the woods in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Deep in the mountains. He had three dogs that kept him company on the lonely nights, but that was it. He was in solitude. He had a small one-room cabin that he lived. It had a bed and a fireplace and a small like, kitchen area, and that was it. His dog slept outside on the porch, and on cold winter nights, the old man would sit at his fireplace to warm himself up. So one winter night, the old man was feeling very hungry. The weather had been super bad, and he hadn't been able to go out and hunt, so he had barely eaten in days. All he had left was one handful of beans, so he threw them into a pot to cook them for his meal. He tried to cook them, and after a while, the water started to boil, So he put his spoon in to taste the beans, but they were still hard. He was annoyed because the beans were taking so long to cook and his stomach was grumbling. He was so hungry. He needed protein, some kind of a meat, and his mouth started to water, wishing that he had the protein. He settled back into his chair, looking at the fire and listening to his beans cooking. And all of a sudden, he started to hear some kind of scratching noise coming from the floorboards. He had a small hole that he'd been meaning to fix in the floor, but hadn't yet done so. All of a sudden, he watched as claws dug into the wood and scraped vigorously, and the wood started to crumple around the hole as it widened. The paws came out from the hole, and he was met with a pair of beating red eyes. The creature pulled its body up through the hole, and it looked almost like a weasel, but bigger and thick black hair. It also had a big meaty tail that was hairless and pink, Mm. almost like a rat. Mm. You and these rats. (laughs) (laughs) So when the old man saw the creature, he grabbed his hatchet and tried to hit the creature. The creature tried to dive back down into the hole, but the man was fast enough as he brought his hatchet down and cut the critter's tail straight off. Mm. The creature shrieked in pain and disappeared through the hole as its tail was left lying on the floor. 
The old man picked it up and realized how heavy and meaty the tail was, and he was so hungry that he decided to cook the tail and eat it for dinner. With his stomach full, the man went to bed and drifted off to sleep. It wasn't too long until a sound woke him up. It was like clawing in the walls of his cabin. He sat up in bed and he looked around, and all of a sudden he heard, Taily pole, taily pole, give me back my taily pole. The voice came from somewhere outside, so the man called to his dogs, telling them to go out and find the source of the noise. The dogs started barking and scrambled their way off the porch and out into the forest. The man finally climbed back into bed to try and go back to sleep. He was just about to drift off when he started to hear the scratching sound again. And this t- time, it sounded like it was coming from one of his windows. Mm. Like the creature was mm. trying to get in. Ew. And then he heard, Taily po, Taily po, give me back my Taily po. <laughs> the old man was getting scared, so he called his dogs again. The dogs came running and they chased the creature back into the woods. But the man was too worried to sleep. So he sat with his blanket by the fire and started listening to when his dogs would return. But they never did. Soon he was so sleepy that he finally fell asleep. But the scent of smoke awoke him. And his eyes noticed that the edge of his blanket had found its way into the fireplace somehow and had started to burn. He stomped the blanket out as the flames consumed it and jumped back as he burned his foot in the fire. Thick smoke started to cover his house and the smell of burning wood filled the cabin. He coughed and his eyes could barely see. Finally, he was able to get the fire under control. He threw the burning blanket outside, and by this time it was morning time. He limped back to his bed and sat down, feeling defeated from the night. He propped his foot up and laid back, exhausted. And all of a sudden, he heard, Taily pole, taily pole, you've got my taily pole. The old man opened his eyes and found the creature at the very end of his bed, peering up above him with his blood-red eyes. The creature leaned close and growled, and all all you could hear from the distance was the old man's screamed, echoing through the forest. (laughs) The single-room log cabin still stands in the forest today. Occasionally, the odd hunter or hiker will stay there for the night on their travels, and some say that still sometimes during the night you can hear... Taily pole, taily pole, I got back my taily pole. That's so creepy, Lex. That's my uh, favorite. Really? I love it. Why it would they show me. you that in school? I don't know, but the the graphics were terrifying. Really? I yeah. need to see. The creature was really scary. And they made a movie? It was like a, it wasn't like a full movie. It was more like, you know how they would turn. Short story. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that at all. Yeah. That's fucking horrific. Okay, I have to pause this because I'm getting really mad. Okay. I was just going to say how, like, I guess I didn't even think of some of the ones that are just, like, so normalized for us, like the Ogopogo. Yeah. Or the, uh, like, Sasquatch in the woods kind yeah. of thing. That's or so the spooky. Chupacabra. I don't know Chupacabra, Lex. Oh, it's, like, where the this creature that would, like, drink the blood of, like, farm animals, like, sheep Oh, my fuck. That sounds awful. Yeah. Why do we have these? Like, why know. scare children so horrific? I don't know. It's all scary stuff. We hope you guys got a little bit of spook going on yeah. from this episode. Happy Halloween! <laughs> also, if you guys have any other urban legends that you want us to check out, let us yeah, know. Yeah, it was fun. I really enjoyed reading them because it kind of threw it back to when you're a kid. Yeah, and, like, you get when it really random things. You. Yeah, totally. So. 
Yeah, hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll be back at you next Monday if you make it through the Halloween, October 31st. It's a full moon. Ooh. <laughs>